Squad. I'm Chris White. And I am Stevens Brown. And we are from Tap Pest Control Insulation. We want to thank you for downloading our podcast and glad you took the time to listen to us. Yeah, no. Today we've got the uh, the start of a brand new three part series that we're gonna we're gonna call performing an attic restoration. And so uh, today we got part one, which is setting up the vacuum, you know, in the vacuum removal truck. And then uh, part two will be site prep. And then the the third part will be uh, sanitizing and, and vac out and uh, wrap up. Yeah, it's going to be a good series. We just uh, wrapped up the uh, series on attic capping, so we thought this might be a good one to roll with as well and talk a little bit about the uh, the attic restoration. Yeah, so Chris, get started for us. What do uh, <clears throat> you know? What's the what's the kind of in the, uh, the initial start when we when we look at uh, you know performing an attic restoration and setting up the removal truck? Yeah, so this you can have a couple of different things here, and I think this is you know where you and I kind of. I uh, have a lot of conversation about, you know, what is the the right thing? And it really all depends on, on yep. the resources that you have, right? I mean, some guys or some companies have a, uh, a removal truck that's just dedicated for removal. Others have to use the same truck that they use to blow in the material. They just have to move stuff around and, and create a truck that's going to be uh, also the removal. And if you have a big enough truck, then maybe you can put everything on there. But I don't know of a lot of guys that can do that. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, you're very much correct. There's there's no one exact answer. It kind of all depends, so to speak, on what you've got, you know, in your inventory. Trucks, trailers, box trucks, all of that. There's there's a lot of different ways, you know, a lot of our customers tackle it. No yeah. doubt. You're exactly correct. So let's, let's take a look at, you know, I think the most common thing that we run into, uh, Stevens, is when we have, uh, somebody who's using one truck uh, yep. or trailer, it, it could be either one, and they're kind of dedicating it for both the removal and for the install. So, you know, let's let's talk about things in that respect. Um, of course, we're going to have to remove any of the blowing equipment off. Uh, yep. That's going to include your hoses and things like that. So, um, and then we're going to go ahead. We want to put on now the same premise, I think, that we have for the blowing machines. We want to have the vacuum on the end of the truck or the trailer. Yep. Um, and, and really, folks, so the main reason is you don't want to leave that in there when you turn it on. You want yeah. to, you have to take that vacuum out. It's a gas operated piece of equipment and gas operated pieces of equipment should not be in the back of the trailer for safety reasons. Yeah, you you want that in open air. <laughs> you yeah. do not want to breathe those fumes in. Yeah, well, I mean, it it, it needs to be said because I have walked on jobs where I've seen the uh, the vacuum sitting inside of a truck and guys running actually two vacuums at one time, and they were both yep. sitting in the truck. And there was a guy in the back of the truck uh, setting up, you know, the bags to you know the, the vacuum removal bags. It was just it was a very dangerous situation. I was, uh, you know, I, I called it out right away and said, no, 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 there's no way we can do this. At the very least, we, yep. we pulled the, you know, we got the uh, vacuums out of the back of that truck. But you, you've got to do that. There's many stories I've heard of guys passing out because they, you know, in the colder climates, they kind of close the back of the truck with, the, with that uh, piece of equipment in there because the engine keeps it warm. Yep. And the next thing you know, the guy's passed out in the back because of carbon monoxide. So, yeah, no, those, those engines are just, yeah. the VAX especially designed to be much more mobile. Get those things out, move them around, you know, yeah. closer well, them, to or from. Yeah, get them out of the trailer, get them, you know, out of the truck, and if any enclosed space, you don't want them in the garage or anything like that. They're going to be outside. So yeah. we're going to put that vacuum on the end for that reason. 
Uh, it's easy to pull out, get it out of, the, out of the back of that trailer. And then, uh, you know, some of the basic things that we're going to need, right? We're going to need PPE. We're going to need to have some extra trash bags around, you know, broom, dust pan, stuff like that. Got to have our hoses back there. Um, we got to yep. have our tools. You know, we got to make sure we have the uh, nut drivers or screwdrivers for the connections. We got to make sure all of that's uh, uh, tight and taped before we get everything up there. Uh, we got to yep. have our tarps and our corner guards. Uh, obviously, back bags, right? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Got to have the vacuum bags. I have uh, left the shop one too many classic times and not gone over my inventory on my trailer. And guess what? We have left the vac bags. <laughs> yeah, then, you, then you're just trying to shove, you know, 20 pounds in a 10 pound sack and that doesn't work very well. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah, duct tape, like you said, is another good one. Our corner guards, tarps, tools, sealants, all that kind of good stuff. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, Chris, what about good old petrol gasoline for the vacuum uh you gotta have it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would I say pr probably the the one <laughs> most overlooked most often forgotten is gas to refill up the vacuum <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean you're you're absolutely right and i think one of the you know the things you got to have that extra one there you got to make sure it's safe and you're, you're storing it properly too on your trailers i know you know, in the back of a truck or a trailer, uh, under most circumstances, we can put a, a container back there. Everything's fine. But you do, you know, there's crazy drivers out on the road. Make sure it's secured. You don't want to, you know, have a have an environmental catastrophe in the back of your trailer. So, yeah, uh, make sure those things are secured. What about well, the type type of gas? What do you recommend on that, Steve? Yeah, so so by far, we, we definitely recommend non-ethanol, um, you know, just because – and some guys may argue, well, it depends upon how much you're running it. If, if your company is using it, you know, basically all day, every day, you can get away with regular regular gas, excuse me. But we we recommend and we find that non-ethanol is, is just the best. Um, and it definitely, if you're going to be storing it or you don't use it often, I would say 100% non-ethanol. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I on that even with my home using stuff at home. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It can be a little bit more difficult to find, but I've found it, time over time that it just it paid for itself. It it does better. Um, but you, you you were talking about strapping the gas down and transporting it, you know, carefully. That brings me to another good thought, and that that same thought goes for the vacuum. You know, a lot of guys think, oh, we've got the blower strapped down. You know, it's not going anywhere. But then the vacuum, they think, oh, it's got. You know, it's got the wheels, but it's got the big heavy-duty front base peg. You know, it's not going to rotate over. Guys, make sure we are strapping that thing down. I've, I've had too many guys, you know, take a turn quick or have to stop, and that vacuum rolls, and you get oil up in the manifold, and it, it can really mess it up. So make sure we transport that thing, you know, safe, just like the blower. Yeah, good point. Yeah, there's no doubt. You never know. I mean, it's not our, you know, it's not like we're driving down the road going crazy, but there's a lot of, you know, other bad drivers out on the road that cause us to react and you know we just make sure everything's secured and uh, you're not going to have when you open that back up uh, when you get to the job site you're not going to have some sort of mess back there that you, you have to deal with first yep one one other thing that i i don't know if we mentioned is the uh you know one of the steps we recommend is you know the the sanitization or the disinfectant so we want to make sure we don't forget that stuff yeah, that's, uh, you know, obviously we're going to get to uh, all of the prep work and all that. So that, that's, if you're doing that kind of stuff, um, you know, you're, you're obviously doing a removal. There's there's contaminants up there, and oftentimes, uh, you know, we'll go ahead and sell a sanitizer for that job as well. And, 
make sure you have that stuff on board. Um, that's typically going to be done after the vacuum is completed, so you need to have that on that truck as well. And, you know, and some of the other stuff we need to have, you know, the pickup tubes, the, you know, we other things for your hoses. I don't know, sometimes if you don't have a pickup tube, uh, guys will just use a, a broom handle or something uh, taped to the hoses, you know, whether or not it's on there currently or you have to put it on once you get there. It's good to make sure you have all that with you. Uh, the vacuum defender. Yep. Don't forget that. You know, that should be almost part of the vacuum, but, you know, because it is separated off the vacuum by the hose, um, you have to remember to bring that with you. So make sure that's part of the of the whole uh, of the whole operation, yep. as well as uh, any safety platforms. You know, you're you're going to use them on the install. You're going to use them on the back out. So yep. you got to, you know, stay safe up there. Don't don't put your foot through the floor. Absolutely. And, uh, Definitely a necessity on this. Keep, keep your feet on the joists, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's not a it's not a conversation you want to have with the homeowner or your boss. We do. We do not like cracked drywall. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and I think most importantly too is the communication device, and that's really important up in the attic because the, uh, you know, with the vacuum on, uh, that's controlled down by the by the truck. So yep, uh, you know, unlike having the uh, the blowing machine where you have that uh, the remote control on there, the vacuum is controlled down there. So you're going to have to have the uh, communication to talk to folks. Hey, this is what's happening. Turn it off. Turn it on. Yep. All of that good stuff. So, yeah, and, uh, and that's where, too, you know, we talked about, <clears throat> you know, with the blower, and, you know, you can come up with almost a code or some symbols that work. You know, the vacuum, you got to keep in mind, it's a lot louder than that blower is. And so a lot of times I see guys, you know, develop a good code to uh, to be able to signal back and forth with the with the vacuum, vacuum running. Yeah. So that's huge. Well, Chris, let's – what if we uh, transition and talk a little bit about – you know, we've gone over kind of some of the tools, but – Let's go over, you know, how can we be as proactive as possible? You know, how can we be best prepared? What's one tool we can kind of look at to help gather our thoughts as we're, you know, loading all this stuff out? Yeah, well, the, you know, the sales folks, um, you know, if it's not a, a policy within the companies now, um, it's always important to have a an attic inspection report or the, you know, the graph that you're, you know, that your guys should be doing uh, or a work order. Yep. Uh, or all of those. Um, I know when we do training, Stevens, we recommend having uh, all of those pieces together. Yep. Um, because they are very helpful for uh, for setting up your trucks and making sure you arrive with the right materials. You know? Yeah. So taking a look at your inspection reports or your graph, how big is the job, right? Yep. Um, that's going to determine how many vacuum bags we need yep exactly we're going to need five or we're going to need you know six cases you know how big's the job how much material are we are we are we removing i can't i can't stress enough how it's basically a blueprint you know it can help you gather your ideas pack the truck and, and you know what you're getting into so i i can't stress that enough that's that's fantastic the yeah the inspection report the graph <laughs> yeah, there yeah and some of the tools that we have i mean we're going to obviously we didn't mention it i think in the first part here but um, you know, we need to have a supply of back bags on the truck. We need to have a supply of, of uh, baffles yep. on the truck. We need to have some recessed light covers. Just got to have them on the truck no matter what. But, you know, before we go out to the job, we want to check those reports to make sure there's enough on the truck. Yep. Right? So we may have two cases of back bags on there, and that will probably work fine if we're out of, you know, depending on how much insulation we're vacuuming out and how big it is, that – you know, and how uh, big the attic may be area-wise. Yep. 
Um, two cases may be enough, but if we're getting onto a job that's, you know, unexpectedly very large, then that may not be. Enough. Yeah, no, you. So that's where we want to double check. You that. very well could use use four or five, no, no doubt. Well, Chris, let me ask you this. You know, I and I get this question, and, and I know it kind of all depends, but I want you to talk about it a little bit. You know, what might the potential be or the need to to use a roll off trailer or a dumpster, so to speak? Um, well, you know, in my opinion, and you may have a different one on this, um, but my, my opinion on having the roll-off stuff is, is really uh, you know, kind of a, a, it's a convenience factor if that's something that you want to opt to. Yeah. You have a lot of other things there um, without having to deal with uh, hauling, hauling away big bags of trash. You know, if you don't have a yeah. secondary vehicle to put on the back, I mean, the, the bags are large. Yeah. And you don't want to fill them on someone's driveway and then have to move it because you're not moving. Yeah, I think expanded. They're like 75 cubic feet, so they're they're pretty big bags. <laughs> yeah, so you want to have a second, you want to have a trailer to put them on or a pickup truck or something that you're you're, you know, if as soon as you're filling them, it's on that trailer or whatever you're moving it away in. Um, some folks don't have that luxury of having that extra vehicle or having that. So, uh, oftentimes, having a dumpster on site is a uh, yeah, no, to, to, to me, it kind of goes back to that attic inspection report. If I can tell, you know, with some pictures, right, maybe there's some trash up there in the attic that the customers asked us to remove out, um, you know, and then it comes down to the convenience factor. If I don't have the setup, you know, and, I'm, and, and I know I'm going to be using, you know, 10 removal bags and I only have room to really hold two or three, I may encourage them to look into getting a roll off dumpster, you know, because like you said, you can throw it up, you can fill it up. You don't have to worry about making a lot of separate trips, taking you more labor, more time to do the job, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, I think it does come down to more or less a convenience factor. Right. Right. What about, you know, getting, um, getting everything set up on, on site and, and other things that we're going to, we talked about having the inspection reports and, you know, we're using that to how many bags or how much material we're moving how, and, you know, how about how many recessed light covers we're going to need up there. Uh, Hatchmaster as well, right? We got to know what Hatchmaster are we bringing yep. with us, um, and that kind of thing, and, and knowing the size of that because that can come in handy for removal as well. Having that. Hatch yep, master. exactly. But, um, you know, what about what about vacuum maintenance? Checking it is that something we should do before we get? Oh to the yeah, no, absolutely. This is like <laughs> that was a ridiculous yeah, question. I kind of knew I, the answer. I, but. I love those questions because we both chuckle, and I think we immediately go back to times we have, you know screwed something up by not <laughs> checking the vacuum or the maintenance but yeah so you know when we're loading this up and i know chris and i are speaking kind of in generality terms and i think we said you know if we've got one kind of installed truck that we use for both but i have my crew you know we 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 we, we check it out as we load it up you know i i encourage the guys and we often do have regular maintenance points to where we pop that fan blade housing cover off it doesn't take much time at all you know, make sure there's no debris or major damage to the fan, fan blade. Make sure it's not, you know, off balance or off canter. You know, we will check the, the the oil on it. We'll make sure it's, you know, full, filled full of gas. Then we've got extra gas with us. Just kind of a brief inspection. We'll kind of do the same thing with, with the hoses as well. You know, make sure everything's taped. There's no new holes or gaps or tears or anything. Um, but just, you know, taking that five-minute overview check can save you a lot of time in the long run. Yeah, and the same, you know, the same thing holds for vacuum hoses as it does for blowing hoses. You know, those connections need to be tight, and you need to wrap them 
with duct tape just to protect them because you are still dragging those through the house as well. And, you know, you need to have your corner guards and your tarps on that trailer because you're doing the same thing. You're dragging a hose. Yep. So I, and I, having all that on there is. is I know important. a couple guys that they like to fire that vacuum up and crank it, you know, before they hit the road to the house just to make sure, you know, they, they've got it. They've cranked it for the day. Um, you know, some some go through those links. So, yeah, yeah. And make sure the you know the vacuum defender's clean. Yep. Oftentimes, you know, we finish the job, we forget to clear that out too. So make sure that's all cleaned out. Everybody, everything's ready to go. The last thing you want to do is get to the job, you get all set up, then your vacuum's not working right, or you're clogging up the defender. Or, you know, you want to make sure you're you're off and running for efficiency. No doubt. Well, hey, let's. Let's transition. I know we had two questions that came in. Um, and so the first one was uh, from John Max in Mississippi. And he said, oh, this is, a, this is a good one. He said, what if I have an attic remediation job that has fiberglass bats with loose fill insulation on top? Hmm. <clears throat> That's an interesting one there. Um, yeah. Wow, I got a lot of thoughts on that one. You know, I, I originally would think, um, you know, with, with the bats on the bottom and then and then cellulose on top, that kind of tells me that they they had a capping yeah. done at some point in their life, whether or not that's tap or another product. Um, you know, maybe that's something that was done through an energy efficiency program where they, you know, did a, a subsidy to add extra on top of that. But to remove that, um, you would think that the the cellulose on the top would be fairly yeah. clean because it's sitting right on the top. So um, I'm thinking the, the question is, you know, with the, the bats and using like the GV230, I guess I'm reading into the question a little bit. Yeah. But if we're using the GV230 and we want to vacuum that out, um, do they put the – because we know we don't – we can't use the Defender. Yeah when we have the vacuum, when we have the bats in there. Yeah. So, you know, do we run, do we vacuum up the cellulose on top thinking that it's clean? I, you know, the more I think about that question, I, I, I don't know that I would do it just because there's a question of uncertainty. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, well, the GV230 certainly would be capable of handling it all, but I'm almost thinking now as I'm kind of thinking through it as, as far as safety and because of that unknown factor you're talking about, you know, we don't know how clean it is. Could there be some droppings or some wood chips or nails or something? I I kind of – I would kind of almost, you know, use my PVC with a hook on it to pull those fiberglass bats up, shake them off, so to speak, kind of get all the fiberglass bats removed and, 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 and shoved down the hose. And then I think I may put my Defender on to kind of trans – transfer over for the loose fill pickup and then vacuum all that out just to be just to be safe yeah you know what i think you're right i think that's the way to do it because i think the other piece of it too is that you'll probably have you know if you're doing a, a remediation there's there's probably signs of rodents and there's droppings and that's going to be underneath that that fiberglass yeah. so you you'd have to use the you know let everything drop kind of below and then use the back that'll suck up all the the uh, cellulose along with the uh, the droppings and everything else. And then because the cellulose is on top, you don't know if you're bringing up wood and, and metal. And so, it's, yeah, yeah I, I think that's, you know, it almost sounds like you're vacuuming it twice. Um, yeah, that's the other thought but, I had. You no, know, I think it's the thing Yeah, to do. well, I think so too. You may have to kind of go through the attic twice, but I think as far as being safe and set up for 
the unknown is probably best. What? Well, wow. Yeah. No, John Max, that was a, you, ha- you had us talk through that one. That was a good question. That was a little question. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a 230, I mean, for those of you who might not be sure that the GV 230 XL is the newest piece of equipment that will uh, vacuum up uh, the bats. It'll vacuum up the uh, bats. We did a podcast on it earlier. You could look that up and go back and listen to that one, but it will suck up the fiberglass bats. And uh, now if you don't have that version, um, then yeah, I would, uh, you'd have to pull up the fiberglass, roll them up, haul them out, and then go ahead and vacuum up with your, with your vacuum with the defender yep. on it. But, um, I, I do, yeah, you'll save a lot of time with the G, with the XL version, uh, being able to back out those, those bats for sure. But John, yeah. great question, man. That's a, wow. I think we got to give him, give that guy an extra, yeah. extra hat or something. <laughs> the the tap swag headed your way. We'll have another t-shirt <laughs> in or something. <laughs> Hey, I got another question. I got Jay mm-hmm. Colorado, and uh, he wanted to know how many vacuum bags do they Oh, yeah. No, that's a that's a good question. I know Chris and I earlier, we kind of mentioned, I, we, we kind of recommend keeping at least two cases, and they come 10 to a case, so 20 on the truck gener- in generality. But, you know, using your attic inspection report should be able to give you some kind of, you know, information as to how much you might need. Um but another thing too is we have a chart on our website that will tell you, uh, you know, I mentioned they're they're seventy five cubic feet in size, uh, but we've got a chart online underneath the vacuum bags, the uh, same page you go to order them that will tell you, you know, how much fiberglass, how much cellulose each each one will hold, you know, the number of inches and R value, and so you can you can pair that with your square footage and it'll it'll let you know a closer range of what you would what you would need to use. Yeah, that's a, that's always helpful to have. It's good to, you know, print a copy of that off. You can print that sheet right off, put it right in the trailer. That way you know exactly what you're going to have to pack out with you when you go to the job. Because uh, it all depends on square footage and how thick. Yeah, it can also depend on, you know, how nasty it may be. And, and there's a few other factors going on. But, yeah, that, that chart saves you a lot of time. So I would I would recommend just printing that off, laminating it. And you could even keep it right in there inside the truck or the warehouse. It's a good reference. Yeah, good. All right. Thanks, Jay. Uh, we'll send you a swag pack out. If anybody, you know, we, we invite you questions, uh, stories, questions, everything, uh, send it on over to us at podcast at tapinstallation.com. And if we use it, you too can get a, a swag pack. Yeah, so let's, let's move on to the next portion of the show. We got herd in the field. <laughs> and again, these are some, some real life stories that We've either heard, you know, from folks like you or you've sent them in or we have experienced them ourselves. And I know, Chris, you had one for us this week. So what you got for us? Yeah, this one's a fitting one for uh, for the restoration. Um, so I, I was talking to uh, one of the folks we set up recently and uh, he had uh, hired some new folks and come in, uh, had some experience and some that didn't. And uh they were training a young kid who, who uh, came onto the crew to, uh, after, right after they vacuumed everything out, they wanted to go back and seal up any holes and, you know, for both uh, keeping insects and rodents out as well as air sealing, which, which actually is a very good thing to do for your homeowner. So they, they set them up with a case of caulking and uh, caulking gun and said, go ahead and seal up all the holes. And, uh, you know, it, it'll take you a little while. There's a bunch of cracks and things up there. So we're going to, we're going to take care of that and um, and go ahead and uh, let us know when you're done. So he he gets the gets to going up there, gets all the holes, and uh, 
lo and behold, he's all done. He's he's ready to to get out of there and realizes he uh, he still gets the attic. <laughs> oh man, yeah, don't seal up your exit points, man. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, so he uh, he learned a quick lesson to uh, you know make sure you have an out. Um, <laughs> luckily, it was caulking. He was still able to get it out, but what a mess! He had to clean all that off because nobody wanted to have the caulking on the edge. Of the yeah. attic. Good on him for so, caulking uh, it, but yeah, not not your your entry and exit point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, anybody. Please, if you got any stories, I know we're we're getting to the bottom of the barrel of our stories here. I'm still reaching out to folks, but, uh, you know, love to hear from you. I don't think we've had a story from anybody yet. So we, you know, we're getting some good questions, but please send us some stories. We'll, we'll hide, you know, hide the names for the innocent. We won't mention your company. Um, they're all funny. They're fun to share. So podcast at tapinsulation.com. We'll send you out a gift pack as well. Well, Hey, Steven. The show is over it already. Is done. Part one is done. Got two more, two more to follow for the Attic Restoration Program series. <laughs> yeah, so tune in uh, the next uh, the next episode, uh, part two. We're going to go over site prep and uh, kind of what we got to do to get everything ready for the vac out. So hey, that's going to do it for now. We'll see you guys next yep, time. That Until was then, fun, guys. Well. Uh, see you, folks, and remember keep those feet on the joist. Thank you.